Hey, it's Mike from You'll Probably Agree. Uh, today we talk about the Music Box's 70mm Film Festival for 2020, which runs from March 5th to March 19th. You can find the Music Box Theater at 3733 North Southport Avenue in Chicago, Illinois. Now, we talk about this because we talk about the communal aspect of cinema and how that's kind of going away and how, you know, it's something that you really still have to experience. And I think that's something people still love. And what better way to see a movie than to see it on an old-fashioned movie screen in beautiful 70-millimeter print that's both on film and with a digital projector. Uh, So go check out that film festival at the Music Box Theater in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, My guest for this podcast, as always, the lovely Pat McDonald, editorial coordinator, writer at Hollywood Chicago. No, I'm not reading this off a screen. Why would you say that? And a member of the Chicago Film Critics Association. Uh, Pat's been on the show a million times. He's always so much fun to have on and talk about movies with. And uh, we got some cool uh, guest appearances with him coming up in the future, hopefully. So uh, we shall see. But anyways, uh, I created this intro because I screwed up all the information during the podcast, as you'll hear. I could have deleted it, but eh, I didn't feel like it because I got to get this thing out, baby. Anyways, we are starting the podcast now. Hey, everybody, and welcome to You'll Probably Agree. I got Pat McDonald. Why did I stutter on your name? Because I, I had a Joe Biden moment. Uh, <laughs> Pat McDonald here from Hollywood, Chicago. What did you say before? I wasn't listening. <laughs> Here's my wife. Oh, that's my sister. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, today we're talking about the communal experience of going to movies relating to the Music Box's 70-millimeter film festival. Right. So don't be afraid to get out of your homes. Don't be afraid <laughs> of the coronavirus, okay? You're not going to get... You're not going to get infected. It'll be all right. But I wanted to talk about this because uh, if you've ever, if you live in Chicago and you've uh, ever been in the Music Box Theater, it's real close to Wrigley Field and right. it's like an old school sort of movie theater. They have an organ player there like you would see before a ball game and they, they show movies on actual film prints. One of the few remaining places in this country. That well, they has also that. have a digital projector. Too. Yes, and a digital projector. But they do have all formats uh, uh, to project, so that is rare. Yeah. Uh, 90th anniversary last year. They opened yeah. in 1929. Wow. And uh, they had a sister theater on the south side called the Ramova. Did you know that? Mm-mm. They opened the same week, same architect, same design, a little bigger than the music box. The Ramova has been closed for over 25 years Mm. and uh, the uh, music box was closed briefly in the 80s and then uh, the current ownership bought it in 83 and now it's one of the premier houses I would think in America yeah absolutely now uh, how long have you been going because I I, I know you have some years on me but you know that, that's not that's not a knock or anything that's, no, that's it's not a knock. i love i, I love moved here i yeah. moved here in 1985 mm, so that's what i was I, I, so. I, yeah well yeah. there you go yeah. and uh and um so i pretty much have been going to the music box since that year mm. so that was two years after uh, the current ownership uh bought the place so a lot of, a lot of changes obviously mm. uh, when i moved here you could drive a golf ball down that street and it wouldn't hit anything. It, wow. was, a, it was a real different uh, time and area around the Music Box Theater in those days. But, you know, 
the, they had some foresight to uh, revive that theater. It was a little more, it was a little dicier in those days, but mm. they still uh, started the rep program. So if you go into the restroom in the lounge, they have a lot of those uh, repertory uh, uh, programs, uh, the newspapers that you would get on the street to tell you what was coming. Uh, so th that always gives me a burst of nostalgia every time I go in there. Oh yeah. Every time I go into the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, Besides other things. Yeah. So like when you, now you've been to the 70 mil, mil, 70 millimeter film festival. Yeah. What, 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 like, what's like your favorite movie to see on 70 millimeter prints? Well, I, I, I have to, uh, defer to what they're bringing back, uh, 2001 space Odyssey. Um, I mean, I'm not a big format head. I'm going to mm. admit that right now. I, mm. But I do love the 70 millimeter festival because they gather, you know, the best of the best. Mm -hmm. They bring it, you know, so to experience it, the best of the best on that format, obviously, is something that is not done in this country anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. See, I, I kind of am a format head, but not completely. I think format is very dependent on the vision of the director and oh thank you <laughs> there it is and the uh and what what the uh vision of the film is sure you know, for, for instance uh i think michael mann's sort of recent movie like if you think of something like collateral i don't think that's a movie that you could uh pull off on film as well because of the range of light you get on digital right is far superior you couldn't have made 1917 on film it would have been impossible yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we pretty much crossed that uh, uh, border right now. Yeah. There's not really much of a difference uh, to our eye. But you bring up a good point. There are um, certain films that in the planning stage was going to be 70 millimeter. Mm -hmm. So you knew you, you would able to be able to uh, create your palette, your cinematic palette, mm -hmm. uh, in that range. And that's what's so great about the 70 millimeter festival. They bring, I mean, there's so many oddities this year <laughs> that it blows my mind. But uh, yeah, they're able to bring these films that were intended to be shot on 70 millimeter and shown on 70 millimeter. Yeah. So that's, that's the brilliance of, of the festival. I had this, I remember 2001 was, uh, not the year, but the movie, <laughs> but was the uh, moment that I realized or recognized film as an art form mm -hmm. because the way it was introduced to me, I was on vacation. I was with my grandparents and they were like, oh, there's this movie where evil robot gets mad and kills everyone. It's called <laughs> and I was just thinking of like an episode of, you know, Lost in Space. So or they something. were describing the how is an evil robot. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. And so, so yeah, it's not like an episode of Lost in Space. And then they had this old VHS tape from a BBC recording of 2001, and they had it on this beautiful Bose system, which wasn't properly hooked up to the 5.1 around, but you couldn't tell <laughs> because it was still distributed even through, uh, even just through a standard composite connection, you know, with all five of the channels plus a like subwoofer. Like a technical workshop all of a yeah. sudden. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I'm very, yeah, I'm very tech savvy. Yeah, well, I know you are. Yeah, so, so I, when I heard that score, the usage of the yeah. licensed pieces right. blew me away. And the moment I saw that movie, I could tell, like, this has to be seen on a big screen. How can I see it on a big screen? I always wanted to. Finally, 
The yeah. music box I'm showed so it on glad. there, and they did. They did release it, I think, through IMAX recent or, or a couple of years ago. Yeah, on its fiftieth uh, anniversary. Yeah, but it was through PCP. That's the last PCP, time I saw it at, I at, uh, at Music Box yeah. uh, on its fiftieth anniversary. Yeah. So, and those are digitally projected, so it's not as tangible. So, and the film they keep for two thousand one, I'm shocked at how crisp it still looks. Because when you see something on film, it's very scratchy. It gets old. But unlike digital files that die right. after a period of time, film lasts 100 years. Well, yeah, and also, that. too, that's a very revered film. I think yeah. there's been special treatment on that film for years, uh, although I don't know the uh, history of that. Yeah. Uh, let's look at some of the weirder things yeah. that are coming. <laughs> like Tron? <laughs> Tron, uh, excellent. Uh, the, these, are th uh, these are the films I have not seen and I'm interested in. Tron especially, I think that's yeah. going to be a huge sellout. Oh, my God. Because yeah. um, just because it just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's one of those touch piece movies yeah. where, where, where a film transitioned to another side, even though at the time it was not well received. But... Uh, I, I have. I don't think it's that great of a movie, but I want to well, see. Yeah, it. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I like the second one better, but oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't see either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just saw it. I'm like, yeah, this is as good as like sort of a nostalgia tech piece because you know you have like these cardboard cutout things yep. with the you know these skin tight leotards, right. with the lights glowing on them, but. I'm wondering now, Tron, is that being projected in DCP or is that being projected in 70 millimeter? I would assume that all these uh, are being projected yeah. on film. Yeah, you would think so. Because one of them, I think I read, it was actually, oh no, I was reading Last Action Hero. Is ah. a 35 millimeter film blown up to 70. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, vintage blow up prints from the years of their original release. Mm -hmm. Last Action Hero, Life Force, and The Untouchables. Mm. We're going to be... Um, I, you know, Last Action Hero, I, I'm a big fan of that. I've oh, always yeah. been a big fan of that. Oh, and yeah. it got trashed when it came out. It was so hilarious. Oh, it's, it's, it's meant to be goofy and silly. Sure. And I, I'm a, I grew up on Schwarzenegger and Stallone and right. all that 80s sort of stuff. Sure. So for me, it's like, that's a movie I would, I would love to see Last Action Hero after having a few beers with my friends and just shouting the lines at the screen. And that's a great thing about Music Box is like yeah. it really brings in that experience where it's interactive with the movie. You know, you're talking about the communal experience of yeah. film and how that's kind of going away. Yeah. That's, that, it, it really is on life support outside big cities now. Mm -hmm. we, we live in an urban center, and again, um, you know, you, you get a little spoiled. Because when you go outside and you go to other towns and cities, you're yeah. just like, well, where's the movie theater? Well, it's been closed for five years. And it was the only movie theater in town. Wow. Or somebody's, you know, just keep limping it along and you go in there and there's no, uh, no attention paid to screening at all. It's just get the digital projector warmed up and put it out there. Yeah, you just so press the button and it rolls. To have this is so valuable. But to go back to the communal experience, um, the... When this goes away, then part of the real history of film is going to go away because one of the things that uh, movies did is bring people together, especially when they were invented, because there was not a, you know, going to a vaudeville show and everything uh, was one thing, but when the Nickelodeon was invented, every person had a nickel to go and see it. 
-hmm. It wasn't like you had to shell out the big bucks for a vaudeville show or something, mm -hmm. which in those days was probably a dollar. But uh, it was, it was uh, movies were the art of the people. Mm. And the people, you know, uh, responded to it uh, rapidly, and it went from, you know, storefronts to movie palaces in less than 20 years. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, the music boxes, what they called the neighborhood palaces mm -hmm. back in the day when they built them. Uh, they tried to give the palace experience in a smaller form. So if, if you haven't gone to the music box and you're listening to this, get on the train, plane, or automobile and come to the 70 millimeter. Because not only is it a great, you know, movie experience, but the movie, the mini movie palace aspect of the, of the music box always blew me away. Yeah, yeah, and especially, it is said how small towns are closing down mm -hmm. on some of these theaters. I don't think, do you, th well, I don't think theaters will ever die, die. Like, there, there'll always be places like the music box, places like Virginia Theater. Yeah, I, th yeah I think the, you know. the specialty uh, yeah, theaters that are popular just for their fact that they exist yeah. will hopefully always be around. But, you, you know, you just never know. You never know. Uh, tastes are changing rapidly. Mm -hmm. And uh, the entertainment dollar is being split thinner and thinner. And that's, I think, the issue always in show business the issue is the business yeah. and whether uh, these places can sustain themselves. Now, the music box is a rare, rare exception. It's, uh, it goes gangbusters because of the experience they've given people, mm -hmm. you know, the opening the lounge uh, several years back and uh, making the whole experience of the music box uh, a destination. Yeah. You know, when, you, when growing up, would, would, do you have any particular communal theater experiences that stand out like maybe star wars well there, knows, you, you know, know interestingly enough and this is this is going to be an ancient time no, no I, the the summer of 77 when when star wars came mm. out i was between my junior and senior year of high school and boy everybody was just talking but the thing was it came out at the end of of the school year meaning it came out in uh in like Memorial Day weekend, 77, okay? So the whole summer people were talking about this and I was working 50 hours a week at a golf course wow. and could not get to the movies and didn't care to get to the movies, just getting home and sleeping was my goal. But um, so finally in September when my seasonal job was over, my senior year starting, I went and saw it and I was like, what was the big deal about this thing? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's a, a communal experience. But uh, to, to, go, to piggyback on that yeah. story, my senior year, uh, I, I was dating someone, and we, that was our thing. Mm -hmm. move, one move, whatever was opening every single week, we would go to the movies uh, from September of 77 until I graduated in May of 78. So as far as being a movie buff, that's what really kicked it in the gear for me yeah. you know, because I was using my own money to go to a specific destination, the Dune Cinema or the Marquette Theater in those days in Michigan City, Indiana. So wow. those 30, yeah, wow, wow yeah. Grandpa, thanks no, a lot for that story. I'm saying wow because no, I'm fascinated no, by it's, it. No, <laughs> it's, it's just, it, it's, it's weird how people connect to yeah. film. Like you said, you know, you were 16 when you saw 2001 A Space Odyssey. And you finally understood, hey, this is different. Well, for me, it was like Annie Hall. Yeah. When I saw Annie Hall, I realized that film was a different medium 
for expression than just going and sitting and watching, you know, the Apple Dumpling Gang or something like yeah. that. So yeah. um, I think everybody who, who works in film criticism or film articles or whatever, they have that moment in mm -hmm. their lives and, and uh, you know, and then something, ha then something keeps happening that to, to evolve it to a higher form. Yeah. And uh, eventually you take a vow of poverty and become a critic. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have various reasons why I took that vow, but uh, that, that's a whole other episode. Sure, that's, I know, we, we can talk. Yeah, we can, but... We can, well, kill ourselves together but I, anyway yeah well i i think I, the, the thing is that i i love about i think people love the the experience of film uh sharing it with a big audience yes. too because even if you think recently with like avengers endgame sorry martin scorsese but with, with uh, endgame like there's like recordings of people in the audience mm -hmm. just reacting to certain scenes and people like hearing that i love listening to the sure. recordings of uh, one fascinating one, uh, I don't know, what year did Halloween come out? Was that? 1980. 1980, really? Mm -hmm. Huh, I thought, okay, I thought 79. It may but, have been 79. Yeah, uh, and I remember that, that there was uh, some, you could just hear people screaming in the theater, freaking out. Yeah. And now, I remember I saw it recently at Music Box, and everyone's so familiar with the material, everybody's laughing at all the scary moments because they're so familiar with it. But... It's fascinating seeing how people would share that experience together, or like The Exorcist, when people were like mm -hmm. basically <laughs> like panic attacks. Well, it's interesting, you know. Just to quickly go to the Scorsese yeah. com uh, uh, controversy. Yeah. I, I mean, that was such a generational thing. Yeah. And I think people don't understand that his whole his whole life mm. is is based on you know his freaking encyclopedic knowledge of all kind of film yeah. from virtually 1900 on. Yeah. So for him to come out and say, you know, whatever, I can't remember. We so he didn't call, he said it's not cinema. Yeah. It's, it's simply, you know. It's an amusement park. It's, is that what his, yeah. his line was? Okay. Yeah. But, but, you know, but that's how things evolve, man. Yeah. You know, I, I would call it almost like live action cartoon as well. So. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think he wouldn't, I guess he saw it when he made that criticism, but I would say that anybody who uh, enjoys movie would, movies would enjoy the, the uh, sorrow and the pity of that one. No. You know? <laughs> so, I don't know. It, 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 he, maybe he, he saw it separately without knowing the rest of the story. That sort of thing. Mm. I'm not giving them a pass on this, but I'm just saying it's a grumpy old man kind of statement. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm mixed about it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like uh, he's partially right. You know, it is very like Marvel films are very strictly made to be a certain way and you can't break from that structure. Well, yeah. But uh, on the other hand, and it's a it, continuing soap opera. So, yeah, you have to have elements. There. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, you know, it still can be considered cinema. Absolutely. Yeah. Because not just on a technical level, but if it does connect to someone in a certain way, how could you say that's not cinema? Or also too, go back to show business. It's, yeah. it's hot business right now. Oh, that's, yeah. you can't, you can't, um, like Scorsese. I mean, there was a famous story about, you know, he had a double, uh, doink from 
Raging Bull and um, King of Comedy. They did no box office. Mm -hmm. So he begged the studios to give him a color of money because he knew it was bankable. Yeah. So think of the bank, Marty, because the bank is always uh, the top of mind. Once you get above a certain level, yeah. it's all the bank. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the bank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I have to tell you a quick story uh, oh. from Ben Zietlin. Yeah. I, I think that's how you, I hope that's how you pronounce his name. But he did, of course, uh, uh, Beasts of the, Beast of the Southern Wild mm -hmm. and recently Wendy. Mm -hmm. So I got to interview him and I said, you know, your, your style of filmmaking, how does that compare to how, uh, how the business is actually run? He says, it's the opposite of how yeah. the business actually yeah. runs. Mm -hmm. He said, when you're making a movie, you always, and this, I love this, this analogy. He goes, you always have to be cognizant of the bonfire of money that's burning next to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. And that, it's hilarious. And, and yeah. you know, here's a guy and he may, you know, I'm, I'm not giving him any advice cause he did it his way, mm -hmm. but um, you know, he may have gotten a little lofty after beasts. Because he pretty much had a carte blanche. He, he went in, he said, this is what I want to do pretty soon afterwards. And it took him seven years to get it to the screen. And it's getting very mixed reviews, I would say, would be the nice term for mm. it right now. Oh. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. Yeah. That, it, it's, but what I, yeah, but I guess to, uh, there, there is a way as a filmmaker to please the business. Because if you want to make it as a filmmaker, you kind of have to do your your Marvel film before you I, make your own. I think there's there's a thing. there's a good rule of thumb from the people I know. Yeah. Uh, they want to make enough money so they can make another film. Yeah. And you know, so Beast of the Southern Wild made enough money so he can make another film. Mm -hmm. If Wendy can make enough money for his taste, he can make another film. Exactly. So it's all good. And but if you're like James Gunn and you go from here to here in two seconds. Yeah. Or uh, Takiti Wai. I can never get his name right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, he directed what? Uh, well, he directed uh, uh, Jojo Rabbit. Oh. And then, you know, he did um, Hunt for the Wilder Why? People before that. But of course, uh, what's the one that made him so much money and so many opportunities was uh, Thor Ragnarok. Very and good. You're right. Yeah, he did Thor Ragnarok and now he's I think it talks to direct a Star Wars movie, perhaps. He mm -hmm. did do the last episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, but, you know, there's multiple paths for filmmakers. But I guess yep. veering back into the Why we got off experience, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> the whole idea is that we just it's talk Marty about Scorsese, movies. It's Scorsese, I blame him. Yeah, but so uh, yeah, yeah. And, um, I think Scorsese's whole point was people go to the movies to experience something emotionally to have something different. And if you're just going to theaters and it's just Marvel films, you know, for because I think what he's worried about is what some of us may worry about is like there'll be theaters only run by Disney or theaters only yeah, I think that's run by Sony. A legitimate uh, fear. Yeah. I yeah. mean, when you look at all the films that were under Oscar consideration that were released to Netflix mm -hmm. and Amazon this year, it's like, the, the writings on the wall, the art films will not, not see the light of day in theaters. Mm. But I'll, I'll say one thing about that, it, which was very, very interesting. Always around, oh, let's say mid-December, you know, yeah. uh, if I want a conversation starter, I got a good one because I've seen all the 
the big fall films. I can ask people what they've seen. And to a person, everybody had seen uh, The Irishman, which I was yeah. like, that blows my mind. Uh, so, I mean, his strategy was sound. Yeah. Because even if you had a kind of a curiosity about it and you had Netflix, you were going to watch it. Yeah. Um, and again, I got mixed reactions from that. Some of them said, most of them said it was too long. Yeah, that's that's the whole running joke with yeah. Irishman. Oh, it's long, it's long, it's long. Yeah, I, got, I had to see that at a theater because I'm a huge Scorsese fan. I saw that at Chicago International Film Festival, and I remember I that's had to. A good one. Yeah, I had to see that you know in the theater for like three and a half hours. Yeah, you know like, it's it's oh. funny because I saw it on the critics preview in yeah. the theater and. Um, I had to go to the restroom like three times. So <laughs> I went once, so I, and it was during that actual crucial scene. <sighs> I I don't know what I missed, you know. Yeah. So I I and, and God forbid it, to go back to it, but it's good. It was good enough for me to be in my top ten. I just loved yeah. it. And uh, I sh again, I admitted something. I missed three parts of it and still put in my top ten. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. not. Uh, but I really, I just. I thought this was the last victory lap for these guys. It was yeah. really nice. Yeah. Maybe I had a little nostalgia that influenced me, but well, it, it certainly influenced me because just seeing Pesci and De Niro and Pacino on screen. Yeah, I heard that De Niro had to ask Pesci like forty times, you know, before he he, he basically uh, it was he, he basically browbeat brow yeah. him to get him into the movie, which is strange, but he was great and he got a nomination. So, yeah. what do you know? And he had the best Oscar speech ever. He just walked up and he's like, thank you. And then he just <laughs> left and he was like, perfect. You didn't have Walking Phoenix going on stage talking about how horrible the dairy industry that is for like hilarious. 10 minutes. Oh, so that was hilarious. It. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a couple other, other films. Yes, please. <laughs> we should Un get, unfamiliar right. ones. Um, yes. Life Force. This is incredible. I wow, never had heard Force. of this film. <laughs> but it's, it was by the great Canon films, Golden Globus, the, the, the uh, schlock masters of the, from the mid-70s to the <laughs> 80s, however long Canon films uh, existed. But it's Tobe Hooper. And he, oh, uh, mm -hmm. is it Toby or Toby? I think it's Toby. Toby, okay. Yeah. Toby Hooper um, uh, just came off of Poltergeist. Yeah. And freaking Golden Globus, for some reason, opened their checkbook and wrote him a $25 million check. Oh. And he said he was going to go to the old Hammer Studio traditions of a 70 millimeter film. Yeah. And it, it was again derided when it came out. It's become a cult movie. Yeah. And they're going to show Life Force. But this is one of the ones that are uh, vintage blow up prints <coughs> from the original yeah. release. Yeah. And then uh, West Side Story. I would like to imagine what that's like. Seeing that on screen might be like seeing it on stage in a way, as well, you know. I, I've seen it too many times. I, I, <laughs> if I'm going to yeah. sock the two weak sisters in here, it's both musicals. Yeah. Hello, Dolly I, is a ter I, I don't know. It's it, just because it was made in 70 millimeter and was lavish doesn't yeah. make it a good movie. <laughs> yeah. But I think people might enjoy seeing it. Of course. And, and anybody who hasn't yeah. seen any of these films, this is the place to go yeah. to see them in the form that they're meant to be seen. Yeah. So I mean. You know, have at it if you want to see. I, I could not sit through another. I went through the Lyric Opera's West Side Story, and I'm like, uh, oh, I can't take it anymore. Yeah, Because yeah. I, I just knew the story. too. But, again, seeing it stage is different than seeing a movie. 
Yeah. Same, same as seeing uh, Goodman's A Christmas Carol for the first time. Mm. I, I was like, God, this story is so familiar, but the staging is so unique, you have to yeah. get, get into that. And well, so for this, if you've seen West Side a lot, you've never seen it on a 70 millimeter screen. So go and see it. Well, yeah, the, uh, and, and the, the, the thing that's different with these stage musicals made for the screen compared to the stage is there is an intimacy with the actors that you have because you can get the camera right in on them. Yes. And see, you know, the details, the emotions right. on their face where opposing to the stage, you're kind of you're like, although they're physically there in front of you, well, your eye you're, goes you're, to where your eye, eye is, goes. Yeah, you your know, eye you're is not, just kind it's of... It's not a point of view thing. It's your yeah. point of view. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. There's no central focus on there where, like, with, with the film, the director is distinctly telling you right. where to look. Where to look. And, and yeah. 70 millimeter gives you uh, the panorama. Mm -hmm. This is an interesting uh, fact. Cartoon from 1966. It's directed by Basil Dearden. And it stars Charlton Heston. It's about the 1883 crisis in Syria. Nothing going on there now. But, um, <laughs> you know, when the Brits were colonizing everything. But anyway, um, it, was the, it was shot in ultra Panavision, 70 millimeter. And there was not another ultra Panavision until The Hateful Eight, 49 years later. Mm. So talk about, talk about your, your uh, format geek. I think... Uh, Quentin Tarantino is probably the ultimate format geek. So, which they are rescreening uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They are. Yeah. They are in, in, in seventy millimeter. Yes. which I believe it was shot on seventy a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I, th I think it was shot yeah. in seventy millimeter. Yeah, I mean, I, and I they're know. also showing Roma. Again. Yes, yes. So you could see it on the big screen instead of Netflix. I mean, when you see the movie, every shot is very wide. It's yeah, very it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's very, like everything is meant to be seen on a larger canvas. Funny, funny, or funny about that film too. Uh, Netflix was, yeah. I mean, there was a screening every week for that for the critics. It was amazing, yeah. it, uh, uh, which was uh, Parasite this year. Mm -hmm. Every week there was a screening, and, and it was like, well, should I go? Should I not go? And then finally, you just capitulate. Well, well heck, if they, they, finally they have a time I can go. And I was so glad I saw Rome on the big screen and, of course, Parasite. So, yeah. You can't so. see Roma because I only saw it on a small television. Okay. I'm just like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I think you get the, you, you, you connect more to it yeah. in, in, in when you're sitting. That's another yeah. thing about the communal experience. Let's talk about that. Yeah. There's no clicker to pause it. Nope. You know, you are there. You're committed. You're sitting there. You yeah, can't look you at your phone. Be, you can't Especially in the music box. They'll kick you out physically yeah. if you... Yeah, look at your phone. Um, a, a little, a little too harsh. Yeah, because they always kind of make a threat rather than a suggestion. But whatevs, it's yeah. their their place. They can they can make that threat if they like. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, there's 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 a real advantage to the communal experience. You cannot look at your phone. You you you're there. You're sitting there. Your entire attention yeah. is focused on the. Uh, on, on the uh, what's unfolding in front of you. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a disadvantage, and you know, I, again, I think as we evolve, it's going to be more and more the control of the consumer rather than, you know, the fact that you had to get up and get a babysitter and go. I mean, that when you have families, um, 
uh, the biggest complaint I hear from people who have families is that it's not value driven to go to the movies for mm -hmm. them anymore. Because you know, you're, you're paying an absorbent amount for the babysitter, you're paying an absorbent amount for the tickets to the movie, paying an absorbent amount for the concessions. If you're going out to dinner, you're talking, yeah. you know, what used to be a Nickelodeon experience for a lot of people is now yeah. out of range for folks to I have mean, kids. When I was a kid, I mean, when I was sadly, a kid, it was like five bucks to go to the movie, you know? Well, and now yeah. it's like 20. You know? Well, you know, again, we live here. I, I, yeah. I think it's a bigger bargain yeah. in places outside of the urban aspect. But, you know, you can talk about how much it was. I don't even remember when I was a kid, yeah. probably less than $3. <laughs> so like a lot of, I, when I first moved to Chicago and they had the repertory theaters like the Music Box, Generally, you could get in for a couple bucks and you can see a double feature or they had a lot of second run theaters before VCRs became mm. uh, entrenched and you can go to a second run for that. They used to be the Davis. Now the Davis is $15. Yeah, I love what they did to it. I, I still think it's great to bring your kids to a theater, though, because I'm, a lot of my childhood memories were from the theater i remember sure. i saw i don't know what movie it was but i could hear jurassic park in the theater across from me you could just hear the the large footsteps yeah. of the t-rex boom 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 and then when i finally saw the movie i was so scared because ironically of, your your coke was shaking with those little circles just like the movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and 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 uh, you you would yeah I, I remember I saw the movie I was so scared I had my my fingers in my ears throughout it yeah because I just remember hearing it from the other theater and there's no experience like seeing Jurassic Park like I did I think in 1993 yeah well you it, know it's a rite of passage yeah. I think uh, for kids and the thing is when again going back to my childhood yeah. with with no after you know dvds or vhs yeah. your your the way you saw a movie on tv was with commercials so yeah. when you absolutely went to a theater that was a rite of passage that means you had to be quiet you had to sit and watch the movie uh, uh i'm not going to say kids today but i think <laughs> they they have the advantage of having experienced movies yeah they you know if, if if their parents are film buffs for example and i see this a lot of uh, people I know who are either in the critics realm or whatever, yeah. they constantly show them movies. They're yeah. you gotta see this, you gotta see this. There's a famous book out a couple of years ago where a guy said, you know, you, you can take a gap year, but my only uh, requirement is that you see any movie that I re want you to see. <laughs> so this is how tr parents are treating their kids. So they're used to seeing the full movies. And yeah. they'll have to be quiet during them. So when he goes to an actual theater, it's very difficult for them to understand, yeah. you know, that I can't talk or do this or that. I'm not complaining about it because yeah. I think it has to do with what's happening at home with the consumer thing. But, you know, people, that's another huge complaint about movie theaters that, you know, you can't go there now because people are talking and they're using their phones and everything. I literally had someone pick up his phone in the theater when I went to go see the, uh, what was it, Call of the Wild? Yeah, the Harrison Ford CGI dog movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like, you saw and, you saw just, a, uh, you paid admission and went in? Yeah. Okay. And and some guy literally picked up his phone. Oh, yeah. And the, like, what the, 
what are you doing? You know, like someone literally yelled at him to hang up the phone, though. But what was the last movie I saw where I paid admission because I had to pick it up for a, a, either a podcast or, a, yeah. or 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 some appearance I was making, uh, and I went to the wrong theater, oh, <laughs> the no. AMC Twenty One, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, this isn't so and so movie yeah. I'm supposed <laughs> to see. After about ten minutes, it was some, some sort of kung fu movie, which I thought was really interesting. But yeah. uh, could have written a review for that instead. Yeah. <laughs> when I do go as a civilian, quote unquote, and it's been yeah. r- very rare in the last ten years, so it'll be very hard for me if if I have to transition back. But um, yeah, people use their phones all the time. They they uh, there's a lot of talking. Yeah. And you know, it drives some of my friends just bananas. Yeah. And I and and I and I say, oh, it can't be that bad. He's, he, they go, well, you don't go to the real movies anymore. And I'm like, you're right. So maybe I would be one of those complainers if that were the case. So that, you know, that's a negative force to the Camille experience. But at the 70 million meter festival, it will be generally film buffs. And like you said, they threaten you to with this expulsion if, yeah. you, and if they even see a light. And people are respectful there. Oh yeah, very respectful. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a movie buff stream there, yeah. so. Yes, um, uh, you, you could tell there's a lot of art students there, but there's a lot of oh, no, I people mean, who are there's cool neighborhood there folks. Yeah. I mean, it's always been the place where the loftiest of the lofty yeah. uh, went to, uh, to take in the latest uh, art film, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I had very distinct screenings last year, seeing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, seeing yeah, Joker good. there. It was weird. You saw I saw Joker it. there, huh? I saw Joker there with a I bunch of Joker. comedians, <laughs> and they were all laughing at very odd, consequential moments. <laughs> you know, like when Joker's talking to, or I'm sorry, when Arthur is talking to Zazie Beats, and he says, like, I, hey, you don't want a stand-up comedian. You should come to my show. Everyone just started <laughs> wailing in my role. <laughs> There's a lot of lot of genius moments in that movie yeah. that are over over um, you know oversimplified in people talking about it because it's all mm-hmm. part of the whole and uh, not considered when you think of the anarchy in that film. So. Uh, well, I, mis- I think that's a very misunderstood film. I, yeah. I, I still think that's going to be studied years from now. Yeah, me too. Uh, so I, I think people just wanted to, I think a lot of critics just wanted to jump on it just because, you know, Todd Phillips directed it. There were, there's yeah. a, lot, a lot of films like that this year, yeah. interestingly enough. It, it, the Irishman was one. There was another one that was jumped on. Yeah. Um, uh, I was in I was in the negative camp for some of these films. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jojo Rabbit, I, I did not mm-hmm. enjoy, enjoy. I right. didn't like Parasite as much as everybody else liked right. it. I liked it, but there were some certain elements in it that that, that I just didn't track with, or yeah. in the sense I had seen before and done better in other films. So. Yeah. Uh, it's only a, a, the fact that I've seen too many movies. That, well, the internet will love you. They love contrarian opinions. Oh, well, <laughs> oh my God, I know. Yeah. And, and I think the general public kind of got bamboozled by the parasite thing because, yeah. number one, the general public does generally does not go and see um, uh, subtitled, subtitled films. films. Yeah. So they're walking in on that. Maybe they know that, maybe they don't, you yeah. know, whatever. But they're walking in on that. And then... They're watching a, <laughs> a socioeconomic allegory. 
All right, that's not gonna, you know, if you're, you're you know, a lot of people who, who loved or didn't love Joker who were in the general public, you know, that's a regular movie. You know, that's mm -hmm. a movie that, okay, yeah, it has elements that have not been seen in other movies, but it's a regular movie. But you go into Parasite, and this is, this is art. This is an art film, baby. Yeah. It's, it is pure art film. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's very streamlined too. It's, it's made to be very visceral and entertaining. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. no, I agree with you there. I, in fact, yeah. the first half of the movie, I'm all in. Uh, yeah. I think when it, when it, I lost it was about when, when it got very serious and mm. became again, the allegory, the socioeconomic allegory. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, how you react to it is how you uh, take in that movie. So, yeah, I didn't meet. We're, we're getting more uh, discussion of but, 2019 well, that's films. Okay. But, that's okay. Well, it was but, a strong uh, year. Um, it was a strong, strong and very interesting year. Yeah, so. it was a good way to go out for the century. But, I did, uh, but, but uh, so we talked about Khartoum. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, so there's so many films, what, but you I don't know if you have the list in front of you, but if Interstellar. What, what are you looking <laughs> Yeah, Interstellar, uh, again, a very controversial film. It's, I don't it's a, I, I wasn't really a big fan, but uh, <laughs> I was one of the few people who didn't mind the whole kind of soapy love saves everything third act but i totally 100 yeah, I mean, percent understand the criticism yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> it was mixed it wasn't yeah. it wasn't to, it wasn't total trashing it was mixed yeah so but i mean it's a you know if, if if there was number one besides 2001 what would you recommend as your number one experience uh, to take in at the 70 millimeter at this festival? particular one if you can get a punch of people drunk and go with your friends to see last action hero and that's something that was my I number two yeah i would i would particularly say that also 35 millimeter print blown up to 70 you're still seeing it in the format it was basically made in you get to see it with your friends as a great companion piece to 2001 see interstellar as it's yeah. influences are yeah. more than subtle yeah but it's uh, i mean to me i thought it was a brilliant film every time i've seen it in the theater i saw it on imax and then i saw it at ebert fest and they had that in 70 mil so it's like i've kind of been spoiled with that one well you're really rolling the dice on on, on these three that have i haven't seen but the one that intrigues me the most yeah. is life force so, yeah I mean, that's supposed to be like a big crazy cartoon camp movie. Cartoon reminds me of, of the CBS Friday night movie when I was a kid. That would be something <laughs> yeah. they show. Um, and uh, the third one, Tron. I, I, I would love to see I, an audience I, I, react I think, to Tron. I think, I think uh, it would be interesting to see that. I want to see someone come there before. dressed up like Tron guy. I don't know if you know what Tron guy is, but it's just this, this fat middle-aged guy with a mustache <laughs> and a tight leotard with like, you know, and you clearly... Just sucking on his. Well, I mean, he's sucking like, on my gut too. It was but, like, um, it's like the uh, heavy uh, uh, guy in Star Wars at the end. Uh, which one? The the, the original for uh, Porkins. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the X-wing pilot who died. Yeah, he's also he's right. also uh, uh, the cop in Batman 1989. There you go. Where uh, yeah. 
He's the one who's like, think about your future, Knox, or something like that. A legend, a legendary character actor. Yes, in two yes. Famous films. I, I don't know his name, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, too bad. So, someone did like actually on the internet. They cut to his character where he's in the X-wing, and they have him like holding a cheeseburger, and they, <laughs> did, you know. They made fun of it in Family Guy, too. Oh, so. yeah. I, and I think they had, like, the son of Porkins in Force Awakens because there was, like, some <laughs> fat X-Wing pilot with, like, a beard in there. And I'm like, is that a Porkins nod? I'm yeah. sure it was. And, and Jesus, what a, what, a, what a tasteful name for the character. I don't know if that was actually in the film or if that just became a community thing. But yeah, I've just shared these movies with other people is great. Um, the last, the yeah. ones that have come out in the last five years, if you, obviously, yeah. if you haven't seen either Once Upon a Time or Roma, but uh, Murder yeah. on the Orient Express, ah. not the greatest of movies, but mm. exquisite. Uh, it's beautiful on the big screen. The just uh, cinematography? Or, yeah, the yeah. cinematography. Uh, a lot of it, of course, is digital, but mm. it, it's just beautifully read. It's like a painting. Mm. And uh, so of the of the modern ones, if you haven't, uh, um, I, would, I would pick that one. Yeah. I will say with Space Odyssey, the, the brilliance of it is when I finally, finally got to see it on the big screen, there's so many details you will never, ever, ever notice on the small screen. Well, and also yeah. too, the people have always said, well, I don't get it, I don't understand it, blah, blah, blah. But the point, but if you see it in the communal experience where you have your attention focused on it, it's fairly understandable. In fact, mm -hmm. the last time I saw it uh, at the 50th anniversary was like, I finally get it. I understand completely what this is about, you know. And and and, and it could, it's up for interpretation, of course. But to have an interpretation where you're saying I'm completely tracking with it mm -hmm. is one of the uh, great uh, great advantages of of having an attention to the detail of uh, what's on in front of you. I always like to say, when you don't understand what a movie means, mm -hmm. I just say, just go for the ride. Yeah, you know? exactly. Don't don't get all upset or blistered. I think yeah. you know that was part of the criticism of Parasite that mm. I'm upset because I don't either understand it or I'm seeing something mm -hmm. I wouldn't normally see. Mm. But uh, yeah, exactly. There was a famous film when I was a film student, and I think maybe you've heard of it. It's called Last Year at Marion Bad. It's a mm -hmm. probably, probably mm -hmm. about a 40 or 50 minute. I watched it twice in a row just because I didn't get it and I still well, didn't get it. You know, again, that was another one. When, when the anniversary yeah. came up, I saw it for the first time in years. Yeah. And I, had, I, I, I remember this very well. I had a, a film professor who literally said, now some of you are not gonna get this. And you know, I, some, at some point I don't get it either, blah, blah, blah. But I said, that's not how you instruct people to go into it. Yeah. I always remembered that. Yeah. And when, when it came up, uh, I actually saw it in the critic screening room because it had an anniversary edition. And again, because there was an interpretation that I could follow, mm -hmm. I finally got it. Mm, you know? Yeah. It was kind of like when Roger Ebert did though, those screenings where he would pause a movie. Sure. And then say, oh, well, here's the thing I saw that's not really there, but, you know. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, but, it's just, it's just, I think once you get to a point where your palate is satiated with enough experience yeah. of seeing movies, it's like you said, even if you're not particularly understanding what's going on, you're going to get something out of it because you uh, are there for the experience. Yeah. And that's 
the big thing about the 70 millimeter. You're there for the experience. Exactly, and especially with Space Odyssey. I know I keep harping on it, but that God, you guys got to see this movie. I, I know so many people have not seen Space Odyssey. It's like, how have you never? And if there's a way to see it, you have the big screen's the only way to see it. Well, they uh, should yeah. only let people in who haven't seen it before. <laughs> oh, God. Could you imagine? Or, on, well, I don't know. People always say you should take that movie on drugs because of the third act. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know about that. That would seem like a really bad trip, you know? Well, I mean, depending on what drug you took. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I won't speculate. Yeah, but uh, right. I guess having said that. Yeah, the signal Look is at that. We literally have a screen coming down in front of us. That's right. So that's a good, that's good a way good to end it up. Call. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Pat, so yeah. much for coming in. Uh, I think we have the 70 millimeter film festival starting uh, on, well, the day I'm recording this on March 5th. Right. But then I think it runs through like for a couple weeks. At the I don't have end information of well, for, why don't you do a just go a, on musicboxtheater.com there you go okay but also why don't you record a separate yeah. where you can tell people uh, you do a take two you can bring it up and yeah maybe i will but okay <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll make sure i leave this at the end of the podcast so i know right. how to cut it but anyways uh but we'll actually have this as the intro Okay, well, thanks so much. This fuck. Uh, thanks so much, Pat, for coming on. <laughs> you screwed it up in the beginning, and you screwed it up at the end. Perfect. This is my wife. This is my sister. <laughs> oh, you switched on me. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> All right. Okay, guys, go to the theater. Don't worry about the coronavirus. It's a great way to pitch it. Um, <laughs> and uh, please. Keep supporting your local theaters, and uh, you'll probably agree, or not, and then you'll leave me a trolley comment. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>